Hey, welcome to the One to One podcast, powered by Staplow. I'm your host, Scott MacArthur. We sit down with leaders and customer experience to get a unique take on how to best engage customers, drive sales, reduce churn, and ultimately increase loyalty. My guest today is Stacy Hamer. She's the VP of Operations at IQ Metrics and has spent her career in wireless retail. Her passion for customer experience really shines bright in this episode. She gave some great examples of how retailers are getting creative in the competitive telco market, easy ways of going the extra mile for a customer, and explained how to build self-confidence as an up-and-coming telco professional. Hope you enjoy our conversation. So, Stacey Hamer, uh, welcome to our one-to-one podcast. Uh, really excited to talk to you about uh, who you are, your background, your passion for, for customer experience. Thank you. I'm super excited to be having the chat with you. Awesome. So, before we get started, I have a whole bunch of questions around customer experience and wireless retail specifically, but... Um, what I think would probably help everybody that's that's listening is just get a better understanding of who you are, what you've been up to, and and what your company IQ Metrics does for wireless retail. Perfect. So, IQ Metrics, what we do is um, we provide retail management and omni-channel solutions specifically for wireless retailers. So, you know, you think any major Canadian carrier or American carrier there's a very high probability that our technology is running their stores. Um, What I do for the company is I oversee uh, the client experience. So taking care of these agents. So anything from, you know, the client management side to the support side, the consulting side or the project management side. So we're very, very near uh, and close to um, the wireless retailers that use our product. That's cool. Let's get right into customer experience and wireless retail. So let's set the table on CX. How would you define CX? Yeah, I don't want to be too literal with the answer, but um, how I view CX is just the idea of being completely obsessed with what the customer's experience is with your company or your brand. So the impression that you're leaving, you know, when that customer leaves your store, what impression has been set with them? What's the tone of how they view your company? And I think the big thing or misconception when people think about CX is that it's just about what happens in the store, but it's actually way beyond just the actual retail interaction. It's every single way that a customer will engage with your brand. They call your call center, they go to your website, maybe you have an app, um, or they complete a survey, they go to your Instagram or your Facebook. It doesn't matter. It's any single way that a customer is engaging with your company. And it's also not just about how am I engaging with, or how is the customer engaging with products that your company offers, and hopefully they love those products, Um, but it's just as much and equivalently as important that they are having a great experience with your employees as well. So employees and products and every single touch point along the customer journey is what really makes up CX in my opinion. Cool. That's awesome. And, and so, you know, we were talking a little bit about you. You've been at IQ for for a while. I've, I, you know, working in telecom for a long time. Someone who's grown up in, in the wireless retail industry, you've probably seen it all when it comes to the good, the bad, and the ugly of CX. Before I get into my actual question, uh, is there one thing you've seen in the last number of years that was just from one of one of IQ's customers is just you thought was just killer CX? I think um, that there are a few really great examples of some clients we've seen. Um, I think Team Wireless um, does a phenomenal job. They're a Verizon agent. Um, What I think they do really well is they're early adopters and they're always at the forefront of new technology. And I think retailers who embrace technology in 
what I can do for you are, are really the ones who are killing it on this front. So, you know, they've got a great online presence. They've got a beautiful website. They have an awesome social media strategy. They use third-party products and partners, um, and they kind of get the big picture. But what I really love about how they've been successful is how quickly how quickly they implement things, but more so how quickly they see when something's not working. So if something's failing, they react to it really quickly. They fix it, they tweak it, and they move on. Um, or, you know, on the flip side, if something's not working, they're quick to acknowledge that and move on and, you know, kind of change gears. And I think that their ability to be really nimble in all of these different customer touch points has been really successful for them. And they are, they're, they're just phenomenal people and their sales reps have done a really good job um, building really good connections with their customers. On a larger front, um, larger scale, multi-hundred, you know, door retailer in the wireless space, I think cellular sales does uh, a really good job. So they're, you know, very professionally run, super customer centric, um, you know, strategies and how they execute things. Their stores are beautiful. Their staff are really professional. Um, and I really appreciate how much they extend the experience beyond the store as well. So they have a huge call center um, and a lot of different touch points beyond the retail store and they've executed it all really well and they maintain a good uh, corporate culture. So I think that's a really big foundational building block um, to let them kind of execute on some of these CX pieces. And I can't not mention a Canadian so I would have to say, I think jump.ca does a, a really good job on the CX side as well. They're super, super customer uh, experience centric and it's reflected in everything they do. If you haven't seen one of their stores, you should see them. They're just phenomenal. They're beautiful. They're, you know, they're just run super well. They're really engaged with their community and they do that through their online presence, their social media, all these different touch points. So they do a really good job at CX uh, in their community because it's a smaller community and they've just done it so, so well. So I think um, they're someone that, you know, people should really look at as well. For sure. And Jump really embodies that whole concept of, you know, one-to-one -one local interactions within their smaller Absolutely. markets, which is, which is really cool. So what do you think has changed in the last you know, eight, 10 years with, you know, since you started with IQ and even prior to that, that's within this CX world, within wireless retail. Yeah. So I will apologize because I have a solid rant here because I think it's a lot. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, there's, you know, it's no secret. There's this massive, there's been this massive shift in wireless and we're just constantly wireless changes almost like every five years. There's like a five-year life cycle to current state of wireless retail. So if you go back like 15, 10, 15 years ago, wireless retail was still super lucrative. There was a lot of margins. There was high volume. People, you know, were signing up for new activations left, right, and center upgrades every you know time they were eligible um, but then as you know wireless changed all these margins shrank and upgrades weren't as common and people are keeping their phones longer so it's really forced wireless retailers to have to be more creative about their product mix um, what they're adding on you know additional ways to make revenue that's not just 
always about the you know activation or upgrade and people who are who really embrace this you know need to change are the ones that you see being really successful um i think right now we're seeing a big shift is this lack of you know unique identity that the wireless retailer can have so they don't have the luxury anymore always of having their own company name or logo even on the front of their store the brand or the carrier has kind of come in and they've streamlined like this is what the store is going to look like and it's going to feel the same across the board so you know any AT&T Sprint Rogers Verizon these major carriers the stores are all starting to look the exact same like even down to the store design and often like fixtures and doorknobs are the exact same so how do you be creative when you know you're working within these boundaries but i mean don't get me wrong i don't think that's a bad thing i think the carriers did that for customer experience at the core of it you know they want it to be consistent and it makes total sense and the customer shouldn't really care or even know that they're going into dealer a versus dealer b or a corporate store so i think from a customer perspective today it's really predictable it's really easy uh and I think the current wireless retailers, you know, it's adding this absolute layer of necessity to reinvent themselves, but it's a huge opportunity. And I think the CX experience is, you know, one way that they can really, really differentiate themselves against, you know, national retailers or uh, other carriers or whoever their competition might be. But, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing if you embrace it right and you can figure out how to you know add on that layer of cx and that's what will make you shine not your store layout and design for sure and i remember when i left telus almost five years ago now and joined staff low the conversations were much different and i agree i think the, there's that is there is that five-year life cycle of of kind of what's yep. new is old again or what's old is new again and you know when i left telus to join staff low this whole concept of bringing more people into the store through proactive outreach really wasn't much of a thing because stores were busy. They were selling a lot of smartphones, iPhones, Samsung products at the time. And now you're starting to see that shift where these stores are, you know, that, that point of reference for all new products and services, but it's a matter of getting those customers to come back into store to actually see those, those things touch and feel those new products and services to really make sure that, that, you know, a, they know who the who the customer is, and B, the customer knows who who their person is when they need to buy something. Absolutely. So, what do you think are some untapped opportunities that retailers are not seeing in general? I know you you rhymed off a couple of cool things that cellular sales or uh, team or jump were doing. What are the things that you think are untapped right now within that wireless yeah. retail space? Uh, I think one thing that you know retailers really need to you know see as an opportunity is their staff. Um, you know, it's such a shift for you as the retailer, but it's almost more of a shift for the people working in the stores. So I think this idea of really supporting um, your staff through this and making, you know, this kind of change in the industry an exciting thing, not a scary thing, um, and having them become obsessed with the customer, not just, you know, sales, sales, sales. I think that's a huge foundational piece to success on the CX side is, buy-in from the stores and embracing and supporting the people you have working in the stores. And then I think once you have that foundational layer, you know, you can under start really getting everyone in your company on board with understanding how much the consumers expect today. You know, 
it's not this new thing called omni-channel that's like, wow, there's this new thing and, you know, we're going to, you know, knock the socks off of every customer that walks in our door. Like, no, they already expect that, you know, all of these major brands have already changed the expectation of the customer. So they expect these things when they walk in your store. It's not a nice to have. So I think, you know, the opportunity has to be that, you know, you're taking it to the next level. And if you don't have any omni-channel pieces on your radar today, they have got to get on there immediately. Um, because what's happening in wireless, you know, with the addition of 5G, it's going to be a total game changer. And I'll tell you what, I think the customers are going to obviously be all over it. So they're going to be rushing into the stores. Your staff need to be ready. They're going to need to know what's there. They're going to need to make it consistent. They're going to know, they're going to have to know the ins and out of the technology, every single device, every single service. Um, but this is a completely new sales process for them. So this is where if you combine this change in technology, add on this phenomenal CS, CX experience, um, it could just completely wow a customer to the point they're of course gonna come back to your store. So um, I think people have to really focus on the shift in 5G, all the omni-channel pieces, making sure that that's there ahead of time so that you're not reacting and just make it really flawless for the customer because it's not going to be easy. So, you know, circle back to my first thought around focusing on your staff. I think that's the opportunity for people to really embrace the CX side. Technology should be there already. If it's not, let's get it added. Let's take it up a few notches uh, and then let's enable our and support our stores and staff to, you know, really kind of pull it all together. For sure. And so 5G, is it going to be a game changer for wireless retail in terms of reps having to learn new stuff, new products being sold in store? Or is it just, you know, you're going to have a faster phone that, that can do a lot more from downloading? I think it will start out as people thinking that it's just a faster phone. But what it's going to do, it's going to connect all of these things together. So it's no longer going to be someone walking in to buy a faster phone, it's going to be, you know, they're coming in to buy a phone, plus they're going to buy these other products because they connect to their phone and they connect quickly. And, you know, there's never disruptions and everything kind of works together. So I think from the sales perspective, the phone will be the, you know, entryway to it, but all of these peripheral products that connect to the phone are going to actually be what gets really exciting about how much opportunity and revenue there will be uh, on the 5G side. And then I have to nerd out on, you know, how great it will be for the retailer and just their efficiency. Like think about how expensive it is to run a retail store today, you know, your internet and all the computers and everything, you, you know, the security cameras, your phones, like there's so much stuff just to run the actual physical store, that as 5G really gets good, think about how we can streamline just the technology that will run a store. It should become cheaper, it should become faster, it should become more reliable. And when you start not having to spend as much money on stuff like that in your stores, and you know it's super reliable, and you can then take that energy and focus it back on you know your stores and all these new peripheral devices that are gonna, you know, 
really make the connected home kind of explode, that's exciting for a retailer. So it's way beyond just the phone and how fast it is. It's what it's gonna fundamentally do to options that we have um, to just run an actual store. That's that's really cool insight. And I think that's, that's, that's cool. It's a different take than I've heard in the last number of months. I think that's cool because those retail stores really turn into you know, we talk about CX, but really experiential locations where where the retailers can truly showcase a bunch of different products versus you know a handful of different devices sitting on a on a display unit showing what it can do. You're now taking that step further and showing all the connected home things that that customers may want to to start purchasing over the next few years. Exactly right. What I think is really cool that IQ Metrics has done is is really built a tight community within telco telco and and wireless is is a very small community within north america it seems everybody knows everybody and, and i think iq has been at the forefront of that you guys host events like meetup and boot camp and other initiatives um what are some key components to building such a vibrant community within your customer base oh this topic is so near and dear to my heart i love it um but what i think we've done really well is we just genuinely adore our customers and want them to succeed. And I think our customers see that in how we approach, you know, those events and our relationships, our day-to-day interactions with them. So, you know, you see that and how genuine the relationships have become over the years. Um, we've also really encouraged at these events for these different wireless dealers or retailers to talk to each other uh, because we all know this isn't, a super unique industry. You know, you've got this carrier sitting over top of everything, kind of setting the tone. And then there's these operators who are adding their flair on top of that. So several years ago, when we first started this event, probably, you know, 10, 15 years ago, people were hesitant to come because they didn't want to give away their secret sauce. Uh, Fast forward to now. And, you know, one of the things people love the most about our events is you know, the networking and talking to other retailers and hearing, you know, how they do things. And it's no longer viewed as I'm there talking to my competitor. It's viewed as I'm there talking to, you know, another operator who, if I can learn a few things from them and they can learn a few things from me, it's a win-win for everybody. So the sharing of best practices um, has been such a transformational, I think, thing that our our events have really done to the industry and nothing honestly touches me more than when people say we put on an event that inspires them but also gets them access to the right context because that's exactly what we're trying to do and I think you know that's why it continues to grow yeah I think I'm thinking of my own experience last year in September when I was in Denver and we hosted a panel on, I think it was around customer experience and one-to-one outreach. And it was kind of interesting. We had the VP of dealer channel from US Cellular. We had USL's top agent. We had Go Wireless, which is about a 700-ish store Verizon dealer. And then we had a 100-ish store Verizon dealer, Your Wireless. And it was really interesting. There's no secrets. It was just an open dialogue on what are they doing to drive more people back into their store? And and it, it was interesting. One of the comments that was made was, you know, our competitors are not, from a dealer standpoint, our competitors are not necessarily the other carriers. It's really the dealers within the same the same brand, which is Verizon or USL. And so they're really starting to think of how can I be the best within my brand? And sometimes that's going outside of their brand to understand what are some of those best practices. Um, 
Any any CX learnings that are unique to wireless retail that you think other industries could learn from? Yeah, I think wireless retail is unique because they've had to be so creative and resilient that there's a ton to learn from them. Um, I think they've had to get really creative on how to get customers to come back into the store, their store, and not go to that national retailer. So I think what they've done really well is um, with their post-sale follow-up and their in-store experience, it is top-notch in a wireless store. You know, these guys have it nailed on, you know, the second that customer leaves, there's a plan on here's uh, how I'm going to reach back out to them. They use awesome products like Statflow. Um, they're surveying them immediately. They just really figured the post-sale experience out really well to drive those customers back into the stores. And wireless retailers have just done a phenomenal job at incenting their staff to sell super complicated things that change nonstop. You know, we've got new devices, not all the time, add on all of these crazy rate plans. Now we're adding and getting connected items. 5G is about to hit. They have a very, very complex uh, world and wireless retailers, I think more than anyone have figured out the sales incentive, uh, you know, how they pay their staff, uh, the reporting they give them, the KPIs that they expect out of them. They've just, you know, they've really figured that out because they've taken something really complicated and they've made it really easy. And I think they've, you know, got a really good approach to training and they've just totally nailed it. Advanced ones, you know, this is newer, um, but you're starting to see some advanced wireless retailers um, dabbling in some personalization, which I think it's a huge topic, not in wireless only in all of retail right now. And that's that idea of, you know, this personalized customer experience and, you know, someone walking into your store and you already know everything about them. Here's what they've bought online. Here's how they've engaged, you know, with you on social media. Here's what they've bought before. Here's what you can anticipate that they uniquely want, not just something really generic. So I, I think wireless retailers, you know, when that technology starts becoming more readily available for personalization, I any other retailer should watch wireless retailers because they will figure it out. I agree. And I think, you know, you, you nailed it where telco wireless has that buying life cycle of getting an upgrade every couple of years. There is that buying life cycle and purchasing decisions through that two or three year span. I think that can be applied to, to any other retailer, whether they're selling makeup or um, clothing or anything else. There usually is that, that intention to buy within a certain life cycle. I think telco has done a great job at, at understanding what their customers needs are and really starting to showcase certain products to them on a regular basis. So again, you have a unique role. You said you've, you're the 12th person, somewhere around the 12th person at IQ. Uh, how do you promote cu customer centricity internally at IQ? So whether when you're in product or now that you're supporting the, our, your customers? Our number one strategy as a team is that we wow customers through service. And it's truly embedded in our DNA and day-to-day -day how we you know, approach our work um, and any interaction we have. With our customers and we talk about it to the point it's really an obsession kind of how you know retailers need to think about the client experience and in, in an obsessive way we try to really do that internally and it's been cool because you know it took us a couple years to really start finding that rhythm but now it's really um picking up so a small thing that we do but you know it's it's 
I think kind of a foundational piece to why, you know, people like being on, you know, our teams or in IQ metrics in general is, you know, we, ha we try to create great little experiences. So highly encouraged, you know, here for us to have very personal connections with our uh, clients. Um, things like when Justin from Team Wireless had a baby, Karma knitted him a, a baby blanket and sent it to them. And, you know, that's what we're talking about. We love those little things. Or if we know that one of our customers has, you know, a rough day or maybe it's a great day, you know, write them a note and send it in the mail. It costs literally nothing, but the impact that has is huge and it creates such a great connection. And there's all sorts of stats on how people who have emotional connections, you know, with someone are more loyal customers. And that could be said for us offering software to companies, or it could be you as a wireless retailer, you know, emotional connections make a big difference. Um, you know, we had recently one of our US cellular agents, Cell Plus just achieved elite status uh, with US cellular. So of course, you know, it wouldn't be IQ metrics if we didn't, you know, send them champagne to say, hey, you know, we're proud of you, cheers, you know, we're so happy that, you know, you achieved that status. Um, so big things, small things, little things, it just, you know, it, we make it a priority and we set aside budget for it and we actually report on it every month. So we expect that we're spending, you know, a nominal amount of budget to create these great little experiences for our customers because it also creates great experiences for uh, our employees and you know you could zoom that out and there's huge impacts to what that will have when we need to roll out a product um, and we need something beta tested we know exactly who we're going to call so our values really encourage us to be good people and it's awesome to work for a company that you know kind of gives you that flexibility to do things like that that's that's cool and i think cross iq you know, or in general, whose who's responsibility should CX be? Is an operations thing, a sales thing, a client-facing thing? Who do you think owns CX? I think everyone does. I think uh, it takes an entire company to create a full client experience. And it doesn't matter if you're a software vendor or a wireless retailer. There has to be buy-in from everything. It's too big of a topic, too many touch points. Um, and I think you know, you definitely need support from the executive level, um, which in our case, I'm very passionate about. So I champion, you know, customer experience all day long um, in our leadership meetings, but uh, I'm lucky. I've got tons of support from my counterparts in sales, marketing products. So all of us, you know, we all kind of understand, you know, which piece of the pie we all own and we're all really committed to it. So I think it's a full company thing on the CX side. You guys are doing a lot of cool things, promoting equal representation within within your company and across telco in general. Um, whether it's sitting on panels for Hack Regina, uh, the Fierce article, and I think the last few years, I think Stacey, you've been a big part of this. Is really make sure that there's some strong female speakers at your IQ meetup. So it's, you know, if I think of telco in general, it's a whole bunch of guys, and that's that's shifted over the last few years. You've been, you personally in IQ have been a leader in trying to get more women involved in conversations and make it more dynamic, more diverse points of view versus just the same old, same old. And saying all that, what would your advice be to the next generation of women aspiring to advance in their careers, specifically in tech or telco? Sure. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's 
it's been something I've been thinking about a lot lately, just because, you know, these conversations are so prevalent right now. I think for me personally, you know, when I think back to my younger time when I first started at IQ, um, I would be so intimidated going into a boardroom that was primarily men, but that wouldn't really matter. It could be a large client. Um, it could be a carrier. And I used to actually think that I had no right to be in the room and what on earth, you know, what value could I bring to the table when I'm surrounded by such smart people? And it used to just be so intimidating. And I hear that a lot now. I love when I can have that feeling. So I've learned really to embrace the feeling of being surrounded by people who, who I'm perceiving to be smarter than I am, because I learn so much from it. You know, I learn the smallest things from how they, you know, just approach a conversation, how professional they are. I learn a lot on how they think through big things. I learn a lot on how they ask questions. And obviously, you know, you just learn a ton about the industry from surrounding yourself by these people. So I think because of the industry that we're in and how many of these you know, changing and what's next type of conversation. I think women and anyone really should, you know, learn to embrace when you're intimidated by people and figure out how you can actually learn from them because it's a, it's a game changer for me. Um, and I wish I would have known that, you know, 10 years ago, because in the last few years, I feel like it's really been a catalyst for me personally. And, you know, how I can be part of a conversation, my confidence is better, I'm learning at the same time. And I love the feeling of thinking I'm surrounded by people that know more about a topic than me. It's just something I really, really love. And the second thing, because, you know, I have to squeeze in two answers, <laughs> is um, I think, again, because of our industry and how much it's changing, I think it's okay. I think it's more than okay um, that people fail. And I think it should be something that, you know, you actually view as successful. I don't think you can succeed without failing. And, you know, I think about a lot of wireless retailers come to mind who are friends of mine now who have felt like they've failed in executing something. I can think of examples of Icometrics people who have thought that things should be implemented one day and it didn't work. And, you know, they perceived it as this massive failure, but, you know, that's not the case. It's, you know, what did we learn from it? What are we going to do different next time? And I just, and you know, I don't even know how to say it gracefully, but I love failing and I love hearing about people failing and I love failing because it's a total learning opportunity. Always, always, always. So I just don't think you can succeed without failing. And I think in our industry with how much is changing, you have to be okay with that. And is part of that just having that diverse point of view when you're when you're hiring for a team? Yeah, I um, from my side, especially as it relates to customers, and I've said it a couple times. Um, I think empathy is a big one. You know, being able to relate relate to a customer, um, whether it's a customer in your store or you know even as as a software vendor, like it it applies to I think any example where a customer is involved. Um, I think this notion of hiring people who can be empathetic to the customer who will genuinely want to champion for what's best for the customer is probably the number one in my world. Um, I think from a retailer perspective, it still makes sense. 
I think creativity, um, your exact point that you just made is it doesn't matter how long you've been in an industry. I think people who are just fresh set of eyes or, you know, someone who's maybe been here forever, who can constantly, you know, figure out a new way to take something and be creative about it. Um, I think creativity is a huge, huge trait that we should all be looking for. Passion, of course. I don't think we will succeed at an amazing customer experience in any industry without a lot of passion behind it. And I think the new trait that I would personally be looking for would be someone who is really willing to embrace change and not just in a, a new role, but in their entire career. Um, our world's changing too much. Wireless is changing too much. We need to, you know, be nimble and be able to shift. So I think this, you know, idea of embracing change is a must have going forward as well. Awesome. Where can our listeners find you if they want to connect? So you can find me on LinkedIn, of course, uh, Stacey Hamer. And our website is a phenomenal tool. Um, you know, we post a lot of blogs. I post a lot on there. Um, so our website is a phenomenal resource, which is iqmetrics.com. And um, if people really want to connect, they should, you know, here's my shameless plug. Uh, come to our boot camp or meetups. Love it. Meetups are always a lot of fun. Thanks, Stacey. Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys.